Namaste, this is Maya Tiwari on Om is Our Home podcast, episode four. Allow me to do a Vedic prayer that appeal to the divine energies, God and Goddess, for our protection and the welfare of all humans, animals, nature, Mother Earth. From the Taitriya Upanishad. Om Shanno Mitra Shauvarunaha Shanno Bhavatwaryama Shanna Indro Brahaspatihi Shanno Vishnududukramaha Namo Brahmane, Namaste Vayo, Twameva Pratyaksham Brahmasi, Twameva Pratyaksham Brahma Vadishyami, Ritam Vadishyami, Satyam Vadishyami, Tanmam Avatu, Tadvaktaram Avatu, Avatumam, Avatu Vaktaram. Om Shanti, Shanti, Shanti. In the continuing series of our present predicament with the pandemic of COVID-19, I'd like to give us a gentle reprieve a sadhana practice to do that we can incorporate into our daily lives and that is called honoring our ancestors. As many of you know, this is a work that I've introduced into into the world of practices for everyone to do since year 2000 I believe or even earlier but putting that aside as Tagore says faith is the bird that feels the light when the dawn is still dark for us today the dawn is very dark but you can feel the light you could feel the emergence of a new world coming into birth within yourselves. That is, once we allay the fears and concerns and all of the changing of our daily patterns that we must make. Whatever the reasons are for the mystery surrounding COVID-19 as a novel or novel virus rather than a viral epidemic, And whatever may be the intent behind the isolation of a third of the world of human population, let us use this opportunity to stay a little closer to the breath and heart of our home. Appropriately named this podcast, Home is now in Om, or Om is our home. 
The intent for that title really is about the fact that no physical place has ever been our home. No physical country, wherever we were born, has ever been our home. Our true home is within us. And the cosmic ohm is a wonderful way to create that aura. We're in a bubble right now, but the aura of light, which is a different kind of bubble, that globule of light that surrounds us in the vibratory field of ohm is where our home in the new world must now be. One of the reasons I introduced honoring ancestors as a daily practice so many decades ago is because we have not only disconnected from Mother Nature, but we also cut our spiritual umbilical cord to the ancestors, to the past, to the past of our lineages, ancestry, and traditions. And I'm not talking about religion. My talks have very little to do with what we understand as religion today. Many of you know that I've also walked that path stoically, the path of religion, being a Hindu. But the, the basic idea today is not about our religious underpinning, although that's part of our ancestry, but to most degree it is not part of everyone's ancestry. Our religions have changed, our belief systems have changed, our habits and attitudes in the modern world have changed. So much has changed, but what has not changed is the underflow of and ever-present presence of our ancestors. For the benign ancestors, we call upon them for their grace every day, and that does help. For the not-so-benign ancestors, we pray that they may find their gentleness, their resolve, their reprieve in the peaceful afterlife. My tradition in the Vedas has given me so many gems which I have been sharing with you for many years now. It has given the world, it is Sanatana Dharma, the universal life path that welcomes everyone and serves everyone. The life of service is also a life of remembering, a life of nourishment, nurturance, care, for the inner terrain, because that is what we are looking at today. Given this opportunity in the darkest hour before dawn, we can use it to do simple practices that bring alive our memory, our cognitive memory about our relationship to the cosmos. At this pivotal time in human conscious evolution, and that's all that is happening now, the most important thing we can offer to our humanity is neither economical, physical, or emotional. It is the selfless practice of prayer, a spiritual service that helps us to restore ancestral memory so that we may heal the long ignored rift with the spirit world. 
at this juncture, one like we have never seen in our own lifetime, if you're my age group, one that our children certainly have never seen, but one that our elder parents and grandparents certainly have seen before, World War One, World War Two. This is, COVID really can be described as the axis of all of the exploitations, violations, manipulations, marginalization of our Mother Earth. The combination of every chemical ever used, the gases, what we call the, uh, the total toxic use, whether in warfare, as in military warfare, or in the way that we have plotted and planned the agglomerates and conglomerates of our time and time before, have plotted this war against Mother Nature, veiling it under so many names called progress, scientific progress, technological progress, and all sorts of so-called progress. But this progress brings back to mind the toxicity of every war we have ever had, the chemical spillover, the toxic field in our environment. We haven't learned very much at all in this area, either scientifically or in any other way in our consciousness. And so, a practice like honoring ancestor is about breathing as well. Every intake of breath that we take, as in the mantra that I chanted before this talk, every intake of breath can be used to purify not only the internal organism, but our external organic world as well. And in the intake of breath, I sit and I may put my right fingers up against the third eye place on my forehead, deliberately blocking sight from being distracted, and breathe in very, very deeply with the intent of I take in the breath of life and as I exhale, I exhale all the toxicity from my body, my mind, my spirit. But I'm not exhaling that toxicity back into Mother Nature. With the help of my ancestors, may I transform my exhalation breath, my prana of exhaling, giving it back to Mother Nature as light in the vibration of Aum. We breathe in and we breathe out in this way. It is one way to internalize our ancestors. We may not know who they are. We may not remember their faces. We may have been adopted. We may not know the entire lineage. Most people do not know their entire lineage. And that's all right. They know who they are and they have never given up their relationship with you in 
the invisible, etheric, energetic world that surrounds us. May the challenges of every day serve as a metaphor, not for the erosion of our dharma or, or our in, internal values, but for retrieving healing ways that restore our human power of ahimsa. Next to prayer, the action of ahimsa, nonviolence, non-hurting, non-toxicity, in word, form, action, deed, whatever. Ahimsa is going to see us through this act of ahimsa. will see us through these challenging and treacherous times. Very soon we will be putting up the Honoring Ancestor practice that you could do at specific times of the year where the moon itself gives us permission to open the portals and allow all of our ancestry in. And though that shroud work or offering of nourishment to the ancestors can be done by everyone of any tradition. This is not becoming a Hindu. This is becoming a human person that remember our past, which influences our present and takes us right into the future. Honoring ancestors also does a significant service to us. It rethreads the memory of this function. It rethreads incorrigible habits that we have inherited within the genome of our being, by the way. It could rethread it so that we can bring light to those habits, not deny the habits, not push them aside, not override them, but go through them and see that each majorly unsalubrious, unwholesome habit has within it the remedy to cure itself. It's like what I said about the wound and the salt. Sometimes it is the very salt that is added to that wound that becomes the remedy that heals that wound. Healing is a thing of courage. It is neither simple nor difficult. It is what it is. For instance, if we have an ancestral habit of being a volatile nature or angst and anger and anxiety, within the very anxiety and angst, which no one likes, not the people receiving our anger or the tissues that we promote the angers from, the mind, our own mind, certainly rebutted. But within that anger, if we were to embrace it, we could always feel that it was the unfulfilled passion of our ancestors, perhaps the unfulfilled passion of a father or a mother. 
and we look at what was unfulfilled about the passion. Passion is a divine thing because it is what gives, it's the fodder for inspiration. It is what takes a dream and makes it a reality. It's the very difficult, curvy passage between anticipation, inspiration, and the final goal. So passion is good. And unfulfilled in our forebears, well, let me see how I can fulfill it in my lifetime so that those who surround me that could, if I don't have my own offsprings from the birth of my own womb, I may have offsprings in terms of the students that I teach or the children of my siblings and any children that I may come in contact with. As I begin to fulfill my own passion that was once unfulfilled for my forebears, they heal, I heal myself, and the future generation that we are linked to also heals itself. You may set up a small altar. Well, the primary goal of my podcast is to talk about our food source and food. But nourishment. We're told in the Vedas, in several Vedas, the magnificence of Mother Nature's food. It is way more than what we understand food to be. It is way more than the sustenance for this earth and our earth body. The altar in your kitchen is for the devotion of food in that temple space. But an altar anywhere else in the home that you set up may have the divinity that you love, may have crystals, may have your mala bead or rosary. It may have verses from your spiritual texts. But add to it a picture of one of the ancients. If you can't find a picture of one of your own lineage elders, you may have an attraction to an elder. The crones. Oh, they need our prayers alive as well, not just our ancestors. Not just the crones and elders of our ancestors, but the elders within life in our present planet. Did you know that a sixth of the population of the world are elders? Isn't it interesting, I might add, that this population, which is nearing, I think, three-quarter billion people of croneship, elders, your elders, my elders, everyone else's elders, that COVID-19 actually targets this incredible population of elders. What did I say yesterday in my third episode, which I called Food is Memory, Eating is remembering, and, and it, 
talk about that in that episode. But what did I say about wisdom, eldership, croneship? Just like when we lose a species unconsciously and force them into extinction before their time, it's the same equation when we lose our elders to disease rather than the natural course of dying and death. So are we to be a civilization that live without elders? Without the wisdom of our amazing, alive forebears? We must also ask ourselves that question. It is a very interesting question. But getting back to setting up that altar, because this will give you a little space, a little more internal space to cogitate in. Now everything that I've told you about practice for the ancestors today only takes a few minutes. So certainly we can, in the retreat of our home, which is now home, we can do these tiny little practices. The only important thing to remember is that we do them regularly, so they overtake other habits in our lives. These are the habits that create memory, the memory of who we are as humanity, as human beings, as consciousness, the memory of Satchitananda. So, poise a wonderful picture of an elder, black and white. Don't let it be a color picture. Your elder, your great-grandparent, your grandparent, however you can come up with that would be great. Light a candle, and in your own words, say a prayer to them. It could be, my gratitude for you for protecting my family and myself. My gratitude to you for helping me to remember who I am. It could be anything that you're pulled to say. That is your prayer to them. Light a deepa, which is a ghee lamp, or a candle or an oil lamp. In the Vedic tradition, in Hindu homes, we use the ghee lamp because the tejas, the absolute divine glow that comes from the elixir of ghee that came from the mother cow is irreplicable in our lives, is what it gives to us in terms of a memory of ojas, a memory of our immunity, a memory of being a human. May we use this time with great, great sense of ease that we are, as Tagore said, like the bird that recognizes that the light will come even in the midst of the darkest moment before dawn. Thank you. Thank you for listening. Peace be your journey.
Om is our home.